Good morning. Good to see you guys. That's pretty good. Could use a little more cowbell, but <laughs> y'all need some help. Let me know. Oh man, we uh, we're very blessed with those guys. Very very blessed. Um, man, it's good to be with you this morning. Um, we uh, we have jumped into a new series on Proverbs. There's a million things going on. I don't think I'm going to talk about any of them. I'm just going to let Ben share all that stuff with you at the end. Make sure you hang around for that to hear all the stuff going on. But uh, uh, a lot of our a lot of our students are gone this morning. Uh, they're on a disciple now weekend, and I, be- I believe oh they're already back. Never mind. I was about to say they're coming back though. Uh, so uh, you can't get rid of teenagers. You know, just remember that. They'll always, they'll always be coming back. You think, you think you, think you got them gone. But uh, anyway, we uh, glad, glad they're back. And uh, I'm sure they've had a good weekend. So we haven't talked to them yet. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we've jumped into this new series on Proverbs and uh, uh, this Life Goals series, and uh, man, it's uh, it's rocking me. There's there's a lot there's a lot to it. There's a lot to understanding, even just teaching Proverbs. To be honest with you, I mean, it's uh, I, I love teaching expository. I think most people know that at this point. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot for us uh, when teaching expository. That means walk like teaching through the scriptures, like you know, verse by verse, and like what's God got for us through you know all of those verses collected, uh, but, you know, how, how does that all pan out or play out? And so, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of that here, uh, but with something like Proverbs, you, you could technically do that. It would probably take us a very long time, um, and by the end of it, you might kill me. Uh, but um, the, uh, the way that that book works and the way that it is written, uh, you know, it is written for us to grab a hold of wisdom. I talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, you know, and I, I had had the tools with me if you were here in the toolbox and all that stuff and, you know, was talking about different tools and, uh, you know, really the wisdom that God is giving us through uh, the Proverbs and through the scripture in general sometimes is not as black and white as, as you know, one size fits all. Uh, and we talked about that. We talked about how even in Proverbs, one of the things that you see is you actually see uh, you know, sometimes you'll have a verse and like the very next verse is saying the exact opposite thing. And you'd, you'd think, oh my gosh, the Bible's contradicting itself, you know, uh, kind of thing. And, and people love saying that, of course. Uh, and the truth is, is that uh, they're both true statements, uh, but they're true statements to be applied at different times. And so, you know, it's knowing when to use what tools at what times uh, in life. That's that's where wisdom comes into play. It's not just gaining knowledge. It's knowing what to do with it. Um, you know, and I brought up last week, you know, we, we all know people in life that we feel like should be like just super successful because of maybe how talented they are or whatever it is. Um, and, and maybe they are not, and, and it's always maybe been shocking, and I know some of those people in my life, um, you know, and, and I don't mean any of that in a bad way, uh, but I think the truth is is that it's knowing what to do with, you know, that talent. Uh, you know, I used to work for a record label. One of the things that uh, we had uh, <laughs> come in, I, uh, before the end of it, I was like 19 years old and running like departments at this record label. It was so crazy, uh, which started as like just a senior in high school project kind of thing. And it just, I just, I just ran with it. People kept leaving. I kept taking their jobs. 
uh, which is what one of my friends there told me to do. He's like, if you want to be in this business, just learn everything that everybody around you is doing and just be ready to take the job when they go because there's a lot of turnover. And so he was right. And so, um, but uh, one of the things that would happen was I was over our mailroom and we would get all of these solicitations sent of, you know, people wanting to make it in the record business and so they would send their demos um you know and the truth is we were supposed to just immediately we had like a stamp that was like uh, i forget what exactly what it said but basically it was like you know said something to the degree of you know uh, unrequested material and we would stamp it and return to sender uh but because i couldn't help myself <laughs> I created what we call demo of the day. And so, uh, you know, we would, we would, this is just in the mailroom, because uh, the higher ups probably would have fired me, but, you know, we'd have like, a, you know, in the late afternoons when people were coming down to bring their mail at the end of the day or whatever, uh, you know, we'd have like this little boom box or whatever. Of course, it was back then, it was tapes, okay? And uh, because that was what you could record on. If you had a CD recorder, you were a millionaire or something, you know. And so, uh, but anyway, so we'd get these tapes and had a little boom box. And, and so in the late afternoon, we'd throw, we'd throw whatever it was in the boom box and push play. And we'd, you know, if it had any artwork with it, we'd set it up, you know, next to the boom box. People would come in and just, just kind of shake their head at it like, you're ridiculous. You know, you're going to, you know, I'm like, yeah, we're going to send it back. It's okay. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, there's so many people. They're so talented, you know, in just that industry alone, you know, and I know tons and tons of people in that industry and songwriters and folks that I've, I've thought for years, man, this person is so talented. They write such amazing songs, you know, how in the world have they not gotten the break, you know? <clears throat> and I think for us in general, I think it's important for us to be willing to look at our own lives, be honest with ourselves, and ask ourselves, are we using the tools, the skill set that God has given us to be able to maneuver this world? Because, I mean, it's really what it is. It's, it's skill set. You know, people go to trade schools for skill sets, you know, and to be trained in a thing and to do a thing very well, a very specific thing. And for us to understand that that's really what God is trying to do with us when it comes to especially teachings like the Proverbs, for us to get these little nuggets of joy, these little pieces of wisdom is all part of us getting the skill set and knowing what to do with it. So hence why we might have one thing that says, yes, do this and also do this. And you're like, what? How can you do both there? You know, but it's not a one size fits all. It's an understanding of what to do with all of the information, all the wisdom that God has given us, and when to use which pieces, which tools. Uh, Keller says this. He says, wisdom is uh, competence with regard to the complete realities and complexities of life. Competence with regard to complete realities and complexities of life. That wisdom is the ability to know what the right thing is to do in the 80% of life's situations to which the moral rules do not apply. You know, and I, and I think for so many of us, we approach Scripture sometimes thinking that it's like just this book of rules. Uh, and, and so much of it is not, you know, and, and the Proverbs are not, you know, and I think it's important for us to get that, for us to understand 
that our salvation, and especially for this reason, that our salvation isn't based on us keeping rules. Our salvation is based on Jesus. Our salvation is based on us understanding that Jesus did what we couldn't do, that he kept the law, that he kept the rules, and that he died, he lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died. You know, And he did that for us, that we might be forgiven, that we might have salvation, that we might, we might have life, that in his death, him defeating the grave, in turn, if we believe in him and trust in him as our Savior, that his death and him rising from the grave equals for us life in death. We, we will never die. We will live forever to be with the Lord. And so there's so much to that. But, uh, you know, just, just a little, little piece of us kind of getting into this this morning, I felt like uh, it was important for us to kind of to keep in mind. Last week we talked about specifically uh, the life skill of depending on God and just how much we, we desperately need to depend on God, that we uh, not only need to depend on God, but uh, that we understand the whole fear of the Lord thing. And we talked about that last week and talked about what that, that, that really looks like, us trusting in the Lord, that we, we understand how amazingly mighty and sovereign that he is, that our fear is a healthy fear, not one where we're running around and screaming like we're at a haunted house all the time or something from God, uh, but an understanding that he has power over all things. And that, that creates in us this understanding that he can do anything in our lives and the lives around us and the world around us, whatever it may be. And therefore, we in turn are not afraid of him. We trust him and we can depend on him. And so uh, this week, uh, we've got a little different life goal. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. Let's go ahead and jump into this passage. We're going to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you one. Uh, just throw your hand up and let them know that you need it. If you want one, if you don't own one, you can keep it. We'd love for you to have it. If you need to borrow it, that's fine too. Proverbs chapter 4 uh, is where we're going today. And we're, we're actually going to study uh, pretty much the, this chapter together today and, and not bounce as much um, as I typically do. Um, this, um, this season of life in our church is an awesome season, isn't it? Uh, I'm just I'm I'm just loving getting to meet uh, you know I, I I don't know if it the moon is doing something crazy or what but we just have tons of new folks coming and we love we love that you're here uh, please let us know if there's anything that we can do for you um, but yeah Proverbs chapter four let's go ahead and read this verse one it says this uh, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of repetition you're gonna hear a lot of repetition know that's on purpose okay. So hang in there with it. We'll come back and talk about it. Proverbs 4.1. It says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live, get wisdom, get insight, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth, do not forsake her and she will keep you, love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. 
prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. I'm going to stop right there and just talk about this part of the passage here. This is this is a really cool passage. I I, yeah, I, I just had to preach this passage. After I got to reading it, I was like, and began to understand some pieces of it. I was like, man, this is so good. Uh, and this is continuing for us today, just again, this understanding of the importance of us to gain godly wisdom. Uh, here, David, I'm sorry, Solomon is, is speaking uh, to the, the reader. And again, I'll throw this back out too. Uh, it's very possible that when Solomon wrote this, that in his mind, part of uh, the purpose of what he was writing was that it was literally going to be something used uh, in schools to teach young men uh, the wisdom of the Lord. And again, to go back, if you just tune it in, uh, Solomon is the one that God used to, to pen this, to write uh, the majority of, of Proverbs, not all of it, uh, and we'll get to that later in the series, but uh, you know, at this point, definitely, definitely from him. And Solomon was considered to be like one of the wisest of men. I mean, to the point that people would send, like, you know, if you were if you were some great king, you might be like, you know what, I'm going to send all my royal guard to go and sit under Solomon's teaching for a week just to try to glean and gain some of the wisdom that this man has. He was so smart and so revered, uh, you know, for, you know, the things that he had to say. Um, and this is something that that you know he asked the Lord for. This was a, this was an answer uh, to to prayer for him that he was able to be so wise. But here in this passage, we start out with him just him speaking, okay? And and it seems you know you know fairly normal, whatever. But if you remember, Solomon's dad was King David, okay? So when we studied King David a while back, and we got. You know, and this is the same King David that, I mean, I mean, that sucker was into all kinds of stuff, right? You know, and a lot of it good. And then we got to see him kind of falling on his face at times. One of those times that he fell on his face was, uh, if you remember, you know, he sees a lovely lady taking a bath, right? And, and, and he and his eyes began to wander. And he was married, you know, he didn't need, he didn't need wandering eyes that day. Uh, but that's what happened, and and sure enough, he sent for her, and then they slept together, and the next thing you know, they got a baby, and they got, you know, a family, and then they got to work all this stuff out. Well, Solomon is a product of that relationship. His mom and dad were David and Bathsheba, and so, you know, as we're looking at this, and, and we get a little further into it, if you see there in verse 3... You know, it says, when I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, and then we have verses 4 uh, through 9 as basically these teachings that he got from David. And, and I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know, how much more meaningful is this? Like, you know, Proverbs is not made up of teachings of David. Okay, it's teachings of Solomon, you know, that the Lord used in his life for him to pen. But here in this passage, we have this this passage where Solomon shares this wisdom that he got from his dad. And I'm just thinking, well, we know some of the things that his dad went through. 
And just based on knowing some of those things that we know his dad went through, helps this kind of come to life a little bit. As he says in verse 4, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Again, very repetitive. You know, he's saying, go get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget, do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Let your heart hear, hold fast to my words. There's a whole lot of, as Solomon is writing, uh, even just in this one chapter, we see a whole lot of like him talking about hearing, like that we would hear wisdom and that we would follow it, that we would, that we would cling to it, right? And he goes on in verse 6 right here, he says, uh, do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. And you're like, what? What's going on? Is David, has David like made the jump now to like talking about Solomon looking for a girlfriend or something? What's what's happening here? You know? And no, that's not the case. Solomon and well David, as David was teaching Solomon when he was younger, taught him in such a way to think about wisdom as a woman, to, as a her. And so he's specifically saying, treat her, listen to her, all these things. Just, just watch with me. Verse 6, we'll read it again. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. <laughs> right? And you're like... Oh, now I got it. Awesome. awesome. We, can, we can go eat chips and salsa now, right? <laughs> the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And then he says, and whatever you get, get insight. We, we just covered that. Verse 5. What did verse 5 say? Go back to that. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget, do not turn away from the words of my mouth. You know, do not forsake her. We're going to keep reading that, verse 6. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. And then in reference to wisdom, verse 8, prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland, she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. So, you know, again, going back and thinking about David, I'm thinking about his life, I'm thinking about all the things that we, that we know about. I mean, he went to, gosh, the guy went through all kinds of stuff. I mean, he had people killed. I mean, just ridiculous, you know, like sin, you know, one sin led, would lead to another sin and just snowball effect and just a mess of, of his life at times, Right. And I'm thinking about him trying to teach his son and keep his son from falling into some of the same traps that he fell into, you know? You know, just good father-son time, like, you know, hey, son, you know, get some wisdom, you know, to the point that literally you just need to get wisdom, like go after it, you know, uh, get insight, listen to others, do not forget, hold fast to it. Cling to it. Do not forsake her, it. She will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. 
and whatever you get, get inside. And so, you know, I think, I think, I think there's a little bit of like, you know, kind of like the repetitiveness is, it seems silly, but the truth is, is like how many of us are walking around through life thinking we got all the wisdom that we need, you know? I mean, like, we're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good, you know? I'm, I'm good. I, I know, you know, what I need to know to do what I need to do. You know, I don't, you know, I don't need anybody to tell me anything, right? And we may not really say that, but deep down in our hearts, oftentimes somebody, somebody lends us a piece of information, wants to lend us a hand, wants to give us some insight from things that they learned in their lives. And sometimes, depending upon who those people are in our lives, sometimes we tend to be kind of like, yeah, I'm good. I don't. I don't need that. Yeah, do I mean, you have do you have people in your life like that? I have a few people in my life like that. Like, I, I I don't think that if I told them, if if I told them and I knew it, and even if they believed me, if I said, you know, there's a million dollars just out on the other side of the building over here. All you got to do is go out there and get it. That uh, you know, they they'd be like, yeah, well, I I appreciate that. That's that's nice of you to tell me about that. We're good. We're gonna, we're gonna keep struggling over here, you know, kind of thing. I mean, but that, I mean, you know, pride comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes, right? And and the truth is, is I think that's part of what David is trying to impart to Solomon, who's trying to share that with us, that we cannot let these things get in the way of us literally just being willing to take and get the wisdom. He's like, you know, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get it. Get it. Quit ignoring it. Quit looking somewhere else for it. Like, know who she is and find her and love her. Do not forsake her. She will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful crown, a graceful garland, and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. You know, one of the things that uh, all the commentators seem to be kind of talking about with this passage is that we, we're seeing some generational wisdom here uh, in this passage. And what I mean by that is like we're literally seeing something that was good for dad is also good for the son. And now he's in turn teaching it back to us because, I mean, Let's face it, there's, we all have a little bit of something in us that like when our parents want to tell us something, we're like, okay, thanks. You know, and you know, if you've got a teenager, then you know it well. Uh, you know, but, and that's okay. You know, we've all been there, right? Uh, and so I think same, same premise here is the understanding that God's truth is good no matter where you fall in that. You can be grandpa, you can be dad, you can be son, you can be uh grand you know grandson or great grandson or you know whatever i mean it it doesn't matter the truth is still good for us the other thing that we see here is life changing but i want to come back to that and i want to keep going with verse 10 verse 10 is this it says here my son and accept my words is that here again like the the whole listening thing again right Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of upright, uprightness. 
When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep, a, keep hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. And here we get some into some serious stuff right here. Verse 16. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Wow. This is a, this is a heavy hit passage. So here we, we begin to see Solomon beginning to help us get a grip and a hold on one of these truths that I think is so important for us to get and understand. One of the things that we see throughout Scripture is we see throughout Scripture... Uh, God's word, especially uh, referred to as uh, a path, you know, uh, and and so and, and and that it lights the path, and you know all these kinds of things. We see, you know, we see all of this kind of rolled into one and trying to lead us to the Lord. And here again, we we've, we've got him saying, "Here, here, son, and accept my words." You know, verse ten, and he goes right into that. He says, "I, I you know, I have taught you." Verse eleven, "I have taught you the way of wisdom." I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. So here we have like what we clearly can see as like this choice that can be made. And I think that I think it's important for us to get that, that there's, there's parts of life where we get to make choices that God is allowing us to be a part of this process, you know, where he's putting things in front of us and we literally get to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this right now. And here specifically, it's talking about a path. He says, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. So there's a choice in path. Many times, and and this is where for a lot of us, you know, early in life, it starts out for us to, you know, be able to have, you know, these understandings of choices in life and how our choices, you know, have repercussions later on in life based upon where we chose to go. You know, if you look back on your life, there's probably things that led you to maybe the occupation that you have now, uh, maybe uh, the relationships that you have now. Uh, you know, were affected by choices that you made. You took that job and met that person or you, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. You, you know, your maybe it was your parents' choices as a child. You know, they sent you to this school and you met these people and you got into this trouble. Well, that was your fault, you know. But, you know, you, you see where this is going, right? And he says, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Right? It's so simple, right? Do not go on it. Like, don't do it. 
Like, just don't do it, right? And he keeps going in ver- in, as, as part of verse 15, turn away from it and pass on. And then he says this, verse 16, for they, the, those that have chosen that path, says for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. This is, this is some crazy stuff right here. Like, what is it talking about? It's talking about those who have bitter hearts toward other people. You know, this, this may or may not, this, this shoe may or may not fit for you today. I, I don't know. I hope, I hope not. But the truth is, if we all search our hearts, there may be a little bit of this in there for all of us. And again, this is, this is a warning. Like, this isn't, this isn't you know, this is going to save you kind of thing. This is a warning. You know, for us to not fall into the ways of evil, the ways of the wicked, and he gives the warnings of, and he's starting to give the warnings of, of what that looks like and why not. And here's, the, here's what it looks like. It, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. So is there someone else in this life that you would just love to see them fall flat on their face? Is there someone else in this life that if you're being real honest with yourself, like deep down in your heart, you really, you really want, you want bad things to happen to them? And that's a, that's a tough question to answer. Maybe it's not tough to answer. Maybe you don't want to answer it, you know? But this is, this is about guarding our hearts, and this is about paying attention to where our hearts are and what's in our hearts, and sometimes that is sin in our hearts that want those things for us, that we can't sleep unless we have done wrong, that they, we can't sleep uh, unless uh, we've made someone else to stumble, that we hope that they have a bad day, that we hope that they lose the job, that we hope, you know, whatever. We've, listen, we've all been there. We've all thought those things about other people at some point in time. If we're not thinking about it now, and it's this reminder of this path that we can take that leads us to a place we don't want to go. As the saying you know, goes, sin will take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. You know, and, and, and that saying is so true for us and, and then in verse 17, this is where, you end, where that ends up if you keep going down that road. And again, this is a warning. That, you know, he's, you know, Solomon's trying to warn us here. He says, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Like it takes you to places that you would never think you were going to go. And we see this. We see this happen in people's lives. We've seen this in the media this week. What in the world, you know? Verse 18, but the path of righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. And then, so it's like, wow, that's, that's, you know, that's good to hear. Like there's, we're back to this reminder of like what, what the truth is like and the following the ways of the Lord is like, you know, that it's, you know, shines brighter and brighter full day. It's like the light of dawn, all these things. And then verse 19, we're right back to the reminder of like, and also this is where the uh, path of destruction goes. Uh, and he says, the way of the wicked 
It's like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. And that's, I mean, that's sin right there. Like, we see that. We know that. Like, uh, we have all been in moments in our lives when we have fallen into sin, and we're like, I, this probably isn't what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And if we're being real honest with ourselves, we're like, I know this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing right now, but I'm really liking it right now, you know? And it just seems so good, you know? And it's fleeting. And we're stumbling and we don't even know what we're stumbling over because we're in the deep dark. It says, "In the way of the wicked is like deep darkness; they do not know what they over what they stumble." And we're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm stumbling! Like, oh no, things are pretty good right now, right? You ever you ever seen somebody that's in the middle of like one of those moments in life where like you you're trying to help them?" And the truth is, it's like they're literally just so lost in their sin, like they can't see like right in front of their face, like the most simple of things. And they're struggling. And they're stumbling. And they can't even see it. And when you ask about it, you're like, but you seem like you're really struggling right now. With Oh, no, I'm not struggling at all. I'm loving this. This is great, right? Basically, this is just a huge warning. Don't be addicted to yourself. Don't be addicted to yourself. Don't be addicted to your sin. You know, and some of that comes, again, we see the pride coming into that. Like this need to be better than others around us. You know? And, and this is a process. For us to fight for our lives, it's a process. For us to gain that wisdom, to get the wisdom, is a process. We don't just, yeah, we're going to study Proverbs and we're all going to be wiser at the end. You're like, oh, man, we're going to be all be wiser. Our church is going to be like the wisest church in town. Ta-da! Right? Probably not, okay? We probably won't be the wisest one in town. <laughs> I know I'm not. You know, and... And here's the truth. It's like it is a process, and he's trying to lay that out for us. What did he say we'd be doing? We'd be walking on a path, right, of uprightness. Verse 12, when you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil avoid it do not go on it turn away from it and pass on and then you could jump down to verse 18 but the path of righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day and again it's this reminder that this is path and it's day by day and what do we do on a path we walk on it one foot in front of the other left right left Right, day by day by day by day, moment by moment, you know, half a day, just got to get through this hour, just got to get through the next 15 minutes sometimes, right? One foot in front of the other, and as we go, we are gaining wisdom. We're gaining understanding. 
want to jump to verse 20. Verse 20, it says this, it says, My son, be attentive to my words. Here it is again. You know, it's that hear it. Hear it, son. Come on, son. Hear me. Listen to me. He's like, please hear me. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Healing to all their flesh. Struggling with the mistakes of the past? How about trying following the Lord? How about seeking Him? How about allowing Him to do the work that only He can do in your life and in your heart to help you heal from those mistakes, from those things that you've been through, from the bad things that have happened to you in this world. He wants to do that for you. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and healing, healing to all their flesh. Verse 23, check this out. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of of life. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path, here's the path again, right? Left, right, left, right, of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve from the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So one foot in front of the other. We're thinking about the path. We're gazing straight in front of us, right? We're not getting caught up in the things that are wanting, you know, wanting our attention over here or wanting our attention over there. Why? What's in front of us? What's in front of us? Jesus. Jesus is in front of us. Jesus is in front of us. This is our life. How we walk on the path every day over the course of life makes us who we are. We stay straight eyes on the Lord, to follow Christ. Scripture is helping us to see that path. The normal act of walking is that. The normal act of walking. One foot in front of the other. I, I can't tell you, and man, I'm doing a lot of counseling these days, but I can't tell you how many times that I sit with people that just need to talk through some stuff and some of the stuff you know that I get to hear uh, and by the way, I consider it an honor and a blessing to get to do that. This is not me complaining at all. Um, I sit with people and get to hear some of the craziest circumstances in life. And had had one of those people that uh, I've known for a long time come to me this week with some with some crazy stuff going in their life, and you know, and the statement was made: life couldn't possibly get any worse than this exact situation in this exact moment of what I'm in right now. And, you know, most of us have been there at some point where we have felt like things are real bad and it's real dark and we can't see the light 
and we can't imagine that it's going to get better. We can't imagine that things could possibly get worse. Let me promise you, they could get worse, okay? And in his situation, that's true. The situation stinks. It is what it is. And of course, so many folks, you know, looking for, you know, this, you know, like magic, you know, eight ball answer, let's shake it up and it's going to, you know, we'll come to, to Chris and, you know, he'll have the answer and, you know, we'll look at it together. And, oh, there it is. This will fix it. We're good to go. Glad you came by. And instead, what I end up telling most people may save you a trip sometime is you've literally got to follow the Lord moment by moment through this life and let Him lead you and let Him guide you. And that's exactly what He wants to do. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He's given us the skill set. He's given us these pieces of wisdom for us to take. And the truth is, is that we've got to watch out for things like our pride and we've got to watch out for things like idols because we're just struggling to make him Lord of our life most days, if we're being honest, because we've made other things Lord of our lives. Good things that we're supposed to enjoy have become the Lords of our lives. And, and, and I don't care what it is, if it's a relationship, by the way, if the Lord is not the Lord of your life, then you will never be who you're supposed to be in that relationship. If it's a job that is the Lord of your life, then guess what? If Jesus isn't Lord of your life, you will never do that job as good as you could if he was the Lord of your life. If it was money, if money is the Lord of your life, then you know what? If Jesus isn't the Lord of your life, and it is, you will never be good with the money that God has given you to begin with. We've got to let him lead us in all the things, but he has to be number one. And that's so easy to say and hard to do. And at the end of the day, we have to watch our hearts. And he says it right there. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Ponder the path. Verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. So whatever, whatever your heart is based on right now in your life, that's where the springs of your life are flowing from. Here's the path. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know what that does not say? It does not say, You'll make it to the Father if you can keep all the Proverbs. Or you'll make it to the Father if you can memorize all the Proverbs. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. Matthew 7.13. Matthew 7.13 says this. It says, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. If anything but God is the love of your heart, then your wisdom is foolish. Be careful where you step. Focus on Jesus, otherwise you will get deep darkness.
love Him. Cherish Him. Go back to that first part where David was instructing Solomon and he keeps talking about her, the wisdom as her. You know, at the end of the day, do not love, do not forsake her for she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland and bestow on you a beautiful crown. You know who that really is, right? That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And we are reminded that all of Scripture points to Him. Because all the wisdom in the world can't save you, and the Scriptures have taught us plainly and clearly that only Jesus can. If you don't know Jesus, I would love to talk to you when I walk off this stage. I'm going to go stand in the foyer back there. I would love to pray with you, talk to you about what it means to know Jesus, love Jesus, cherish Jesus, focus on Jesus, and take a hike on the path toward Him. Let's pray. God, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your guidance through it. Lord, we need it. God, may our lives glorify You in all that we do. God, as we worship, as we seek you, God, just help us. Help us to find you. God, for anyone that's never trusted in you as their Savior, God, today I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. I pray that you would redeem them today, that you would give them new life today. God, that they would cry out to you right now, Lord, I need you to be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I know that I need you. As the captain, I need you to steer the ship. Lord, please save me today. God, I pray that you would do that work in the lives of those who've never trusted in you before today. God, I pray that today would be the day for them. God, I pray that they would share that with someone and, and let someone just pray for them and encourage them. God, for those of us that are believers, God, today we just ask, Lord, that you would help us to know what to do with the skill set that you've given us, to know what to do with the tools that you have given us. God, may we be faithful with them. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all of this. Especially we ask, Lord, that we thank you for your son, Jesus.